welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and today, Dr. Hanscom is going to talk about inflammatory processes and the body's response to them that underlie chronic disease and pain, including COVID-19. Welcome, David. Um, I wanted to discuss today the uh, COVID epidemic, but a little background for those of you who may not have heard this podcast before. I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. I retired in 2019 to pursue bringing the concept that chronic pain is a solvable problem using a combination of well-established medical resources, but also spine surgery in general, if you actually look at the data, has not been very effective in solving people's pain and has actually been destructive. And what's evolved here over the last six months, I have somewhat inadvertently developed a work group based around Dr. Stephen Porges' work, the polyvagal theory. And we're looking, we were looking at chronic disease, how the autonomic nervous system responds to stress and how it creates chronic pain, chronic disease. And I've said for a long time that anxiety is a physiological issue, not a psychological issue. It turns out I was actually partially correct. It turns out also to be an inflammatory issue. And as we started working with Dr. Porges on heart rate variability, the autonomic nervous system, how humans socialize, how we evolved. It's been fascinating watching how actually when you're under threat, any threat, that you have a threat response. And I always thought it was the body chemistry like adrenaline and cortisol. That's actually partially true, but it takes a few minutes for that to get on to get into play. What really happens are that these little proteins called cytokines. And there's inflammatory cytokines that cause inflammation and allow you, allow you to defend yourself. Then there's anti-inflammatory cytokines that create a sense of safety. But when you get into this fight or flight mode, what you have, you have a threat, your body responds. There are trillions and trillions and trillions of cytokines in your body because there's 50, there's 50 trillion cells in your body. And these cytokines are little proteins of about 150 amino acids long that are the signals between cells, all parts of the body. They're also considered what's called neurotransmitters. In other words, they, they send messages. They basically send messages between the cells. So I learned, I learned about them in medical school, but my other medical colleagues have all admitted that we sort of forget about these things until we started working with Dr. David Clausen, a physiatrist in Seattle, and Dr. Porges. Anyway, what's evolved is that we now understand how cytokines cause disease in all chronic disease, whether it's mental or physical. It's actually an inflammatory process. The data has shown now for about 20 years that anxiety, elevated inflammatory markers, psychosis, schizophrenia, bipolar, all have elevated inflammatory markers. We also know that people that are under threat, any threat causes elevated cytokines. So the threats can be bacteria, virus, a bully, physical threat, angry boss, unpleasant kids, whatever. So anything that's a threat, unpleasant thoughts that you can't escape, all these things are a threat. The brain processes, processes them in different ways. Of course, in different parts of the brain are active. There's different networks of circuits that are in action. 
but the end result is either safety or threat. Now, I have said for a while that the essence of solving chronic pain is, is generating a sense of safety versus threat. And again, when you're safe, while your body's full of oxytocin, the love drug, dopamine rewards, serotonin, antidepressant, the GABA drugs, which are anti-anxiety. So that chemical bath is wonderful and your tissues regenerate. And the way animals survive, by the way, is that we gravitate towards rewards, what nourishes us, and then we avoid threats. So again, the threats are adrenaline, cortisol, actually endorphins are a threat chemical. You have inflammatory cytokines. The problem that humans have is that we can't escape your thoughts. You have elevated cytokines that are inflammatory that you can't escape. Your body's full of inflammation. So for instance, let's take Alzheimer's disease, which we sort of assume that, well, okay, something to do with the brain. Well, what happens? It doesn't just happen. Some people get Alzheimer's and other people don't. It turns out that in Alzheimer's, the inflammatory markers, the interleukin 6s are elevated. So what happens, the inflammation occurs in the brain. It actually destroys brain cells. And when you're dealing with anxiety from thoughts that's coming from the frontal lobe of your brain is where the brains of Alzheimer's patients actually regenerate. So same thing even with arthritis. If your body's under constant stress, your tissues are inflamed, then you actually have tissue destruction. Look at autoimmune disorders. Those are horribly destructive disorders. You look at lupus that affects every organ in the body. There's kidney failure, there's skin rashes, there's stomach issues, there's nerve conduction problems. I mean, lupus is a disaster. Some people have mild lupus, a lot of people have severe lupus. That doesn't just happen. So your body's responding to a threat. Um, poverty is a threat, abusive households are a threat. And the worst threats, of course, are the threats that you can't escape. So in the process of looking at this COVID process, there's what's called the cytokine storm, is that the threat is the virus. It enters your body. Your body puts up an inflammatory response. Remember, the immune system and the inflammatory, inflammatory response are two different things. So what happens, you have the immune system are these different B cells, T cells, white cells, different cells in the body that go around and pick off cancer cells every day. They pick off bacteria bacteria every day, viruses every day. So every day there are things entering your body that your immune system cleans up all the time. If you did have an active immune system pick off these threats, you wouldn't survive. People would die of infection very quickly. So what happens, you want a healthy immune system to defend yourself. Then once you're infected, then your body mass was called an inflammatory response, which are very large numbers of which is called white blood cells, macrophages, monocytes, different inflammatory cells come in to really clean up the mess and to get rid of the virus or whatever it is. Now, with the COVID virus, when people cross a critical threshold, in other words, this inflammatory process takes place, one of the things that happens is your blood vessels open up wide enough to allow the white blood cells to go into the tissues to clean up the bacteria and viruses that are in the tissues. The plasma in the blood actually goes out with it, and you have fluid in the tissues that would not ordinarily be there. In the lungs, that's a problem because you have now, the way the lungs work is you have little sacs called alveoli. There's little capillaries next to the air sacs, which are numerous. So the oxygen comes in, the capillaries are right next to those air sacs. 
the capillaries, which are one cell wide, by the way, one red cell wide, pick up the oxygen, deposit the carbon dioxide, and carries oxygen to the rest of the body, keeps things alive. What happens with inflammation, it is liquid, fluid. It fills up the air sac. You literally drown in your inflammatory response. You've heard the term cytokine storm, and we're not sure it's a storm as much as the cytokine simply elevating over the critical threshold. And remember, the blood vessel walls are open. These inflammatory cells in liquid are going out into the lungs, into the tissues all over your body. It's particularly problematic in the lungs. But also with COVID, we have kidney failure, we have heart problems, we have all sorts of problems, strokes. So it's not just the lungs, even though, even though the lungs are right now the main target. So this inflammatory process takes place throughout your entire body. So I wrote an article that's on my website now called Thriving and Surviving COVID. And what the hypothesis is, is that the people that have been dying of the COVID virus have had, quote, risk factors. Now, what are the risk factors? Well, diabetes. Well, guess what? Diabetes is actually an inflammatory process. You have elevated cytokines before you start to get sick. So the theory is that if you can start with a lower level of cytokines, when you had the normal rise of cytokines, the critical part is not getting the virus, but not having this, what's called cytokine storm. In other words, you stay below the threshold where you actually die from AR, what's called ARDS, Adult Respiratory Distress Syndrome. So what happens is that if you notice everybody that has almost, again, I don't know the exact data, but you keep hearing in the news that the people that are dying from COVID have, quote, risk factors. Well, you see people that are 100 years old on the news that survived COVID. Well, there's something about their immune system or their body that, that, that was able to withstand the virus. It's not just age. People assume that you're older, that you can't fight off this virus. That may not necessarily be true. But what happens when you're under threat, for whatever reasons, if your baseline cytokine level is elevated, then when you have that normal rise to fend off the virus and clean, off, clean the virus out of your body, then you get sick. So the pamphlet I would encourage you to download from my website, backincontrol.com, is called Thrive and Survive COVID. And people think in terms of surviving, then I can thrive. It turned out paradoxically that as you thrive, that your chances of surviving go way up. So I'm going to list the 10 things and go back in detail about some of the more detailed ones. But let's just take, for instance, diet. <clears throat> um, I did not realize this till a few months ago, but this was called intermittent fasting where you fast 16 hours a day or 18 hours a day or avoid you can do five days on two days off and what it does when you fast for that long why it has a dramatic effect on decreasing the inflammatory markers and what happens it puts your body what's called ketosis or you, you are you you're now using ketones for fuel instead of glucose and what it does is strongly anti-inflammatory and I had no idea how marked in effect intermittent fasting had on inflammatory markers, these cytokines. So I started doing this about three weeks ago, and I do have arthritis in my hips and knees, which I'm not very happy about. But what I did, I just started skipping breakfast. I get done with dinner around six or seven o'clock. And then, you know, six o'clock the next morning is 12 hours. Then I try to not eat my next meal until around 10 o'clock. Right now, I'm actually past that. So it's basically for me skipping breakfast. 
And of course, you can choose to skip whatever meal you would like. And I would like to lose a little bit of weight, but that's not the reason to do this, but it has a dramatic effect on your inflammatory markers. The other thing you can do is go to an anti-inflammatory diet, which I highly recommend, plant-based diet, which I just don't have the discipline to do, to be honest with you. But I can do the intermittent fasting, and it's a remarkable experience just within three weeks, probably my pain in my hips and knees has gone down, down, down by about 60%. So it's, it's a remarkable little tool, pretty easy, get your cytokines down. <clears throat> the other thing is to do is actually um, calm down. It was just you calm down, do things like not looking at the news, not complaining, not getting upset at people, not giving advice, looking at family harmony. As you calm down, you actually lower your inflammatory process, you lower threat. The other thing to discuss is anxiety itself. In other words, any threat is processed by a response. We all know that you, that you can't escape your thoughts. All of us have the problem of self-critical thoughts. We can talk for a long time why that's the case, but essentially every human being has ongoing negative self-talk. So unfortunately is the way most of us were raised to sort of program into your brain. So you can't escape your thoughts. You can suffer with them. You can suppress them. By the way, suppressed thoughts and emotions are a major threat. One way to fire up your nervous system and your cytokine load dramatically is repression. And of course, masking with, you know, addictions, opioids, narcotics, alcohol, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to add, mask actually works. While you're actually masking behavior, you actually don't feel the stress, but of course, long term, it doesn't work. So you can't escape your thoughts. So paradoxically, and then of course, the more legitimate your anxiety, the harder it is to process it. In other words, and of course, in the COVID epidemic, this is really a big problem because probably the number, number one way to create Anxiety is uncertainty. And guess what? We cannot have more uncertainty than we have right now. So paradoxically, the more justifiable your worries, you can't escape your thoughts, you are exposed to an ongoing threat, you have this ongoing stress reaction, which creates inflammation. Paradoxically, as you worry about getting sick with the COVID virus, you actually have a higher chance of getting in trouble. So anxiety is not a psychological process. It's a physiological response to threat. When I say physiological, it's just how the body works. So responding to threat with elevations of cytokines and inflammatory markers to defend yourself. And you can't control it because the unconscious brain is so much stronger than the conscious brain. So what do you do? So that's what the DOC project is about, by the way, is processing these threats. And, and again, the essence of healing from chronic pain or any other chronic disease, by the way, is feeling safe. So there's a little exercise called expressive writing, which has actually been documented in over a thousand research papers to separate you from your thoughts. It also has been shown to improve wound healing, athletic performance, decrease symptoms of asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, different inflammatory diseases. It was also shown during the HIV epidemic to actually decrease the viral load. So one of the exercises I recommend strongly to actually help you cope with anxiety and threat is expressive writing. It's going to be write down your thoughts, tear them up, throw them away. And the reason why you're tearing them up and throwing them away is for two reasons. One is to write with freedom. It turns out that thoughts are thoughts. You should be separated from the thoughts. But the more important reason is to not analyze these things. Because if you analyze your thoughts and issues, 
why you're actually reinforcing them in a really big way. So your brain changes every second. If you want to pay attention to these negative thoughts, but guess what? That's where your brain develops. So there's some process. We don't know why this works so powerfully, but again, over a thousand research papers, simply write down your thoughts, turn them up. There's other different things to do as far as forms of expressive writing. But that is one basic tool you can do five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, once or twice a day, big deal. So what you're doing, you not only feel better emotionally and mentally, you're actually lowered your cytokines. The other thing with another method to decrease cytokines is actually called, um, is we call it active meditation. So just uh, relax your shoulders, just sit back for a second, let your shoulders drop. And what you do with active meditation is simply placing your brain or attention on a, on a sensation other than your racing thoughts. So you just relax your shoulders, let your hands relax. I like to listen to sounds, which seems to be my best go-to sound. Taste your food, feel the breeze, whatever it is. I did it this morning for quite a while. And what you're doing, you, you're simply switching your attention to sensory input that's more pleasant than your racing thoughts. Instead of fighting your racing thoughts, you're simply switching gears to a different sensation. So the expressive writing combined with active meditation, you get very simple things to do. You'll feel better, number one, but also improve your chances of surviving the COVID epidemic. Another one, anger. Guess what happens to your immune system when you are angry? It's really fired up, elevated cytokines, you're on defense in a big way, and sustained anger makes people sick. We actually know that people in chronic pain who are appropriately appropriately frustrated and angry don't live as long. Your brains actually physically shrink. And I never could figure that one out until I understood the cytokine process that when you're under chronic stress and angry, again, you have inflammatory cells in the brain, little cytokines that are actually destroying nervous cells. They're, trying, they're destroying glial cells, they're destroying neurons. And we know in chronic pain, your brain physically shrinks. Now here's the paradox. The more legitimate your anger, the harder it is to let go, right? But who gets to suffer? Life is full of things that are bad. And there's a process of forgiveness that is not the usual sort of religious connotation to it. But what happens, you become aware of your anger. There's a bunch of tools that you can do to actually let it go. And what you're doing with by with forgiveness and letting go, it's not a matter of liking the person or accepting the person for what happened. I don't like the word acceptance very well, by the way. If it's bad, it's bad. So it's a process of saying to that person who harmed you or situation that harmed you or your family, I'm done. You are not going to stay in my brain any longer. I'm simply moving on with my life. You can't suppress it. You can't get into this denial thing that didn't happen or I can just deal with it and move on. Unfortunately, the wounds are permanent. They're very justified and legitimate. But there is a process, again, there's a book called Forgive for Good by Dr. Fred Luskin. It's also on my website. There's a whole series of tools that you can do to learn how to forgive. Now, again, that has a direct effect on your inflammatory markers, your inflammatory processes. Fortunately, in people with chronic pain that heal, and we've watched hundreds and hundreds of patients go through that, people's brains have been documented to re-expand. So as your brain starts, you see of getting flooded with oxytocin and dopamine, why your brain actually re-expands, your tissues re-expand. There's a friend of mine, Dr. Bruce Lipton, made a really cogent observation years ago that he was a cell biologist. He works a lot on the quantum physics part of the cell biology and of human existence. 
But you put it in the cell biology lab, if you put your cells in growth hormone and oxytocin, the cells grew, they thrive. If you put the same cells in adrenaline and cortisol, they shrivel. So again, you're welcome to be angry. Usually there's a good reason for it. You can decide how long you want to, live, how long you want to hold onto it. But guess what? Who's going to pay the price? That's you. So other things you can do is deep breathing techniques. So just take some deep breaths. And if you, it's been documented, if you can breathe between six to 10 breaths per minute for a couple of minutes, it causes the parasympathetic nervous system to be more active, which increases the safety cytokines and decreases the threat cytokines. Interestingly enough, the one research paper I looked at showed that it wasn't attentional breathing. Breathing. In other words, people pay attention to the breath and do that as a meditation technique, which is great. That works also. But they found out that just relaxed breathing, just breathing slowly, actually had more of an effect on your brain and inflammatory response than these different exercises. You can also do alternate breathing through your nose. There's sensors at the back of the nose that again sense that actually um, stimulate the parasympathetic nerves and actually downregulate your inflammatory response. So breathing exercises can work also. Meditation, great tool. And it's not meditation to escape your pain. It's meditation to be with it and to quit reacting to it and to calm down. And again, a very direct effect on your body's inflammatory process. So exercise, which is obvious, no mystery there. We know exercises for years actually lowers inflammatory markers. Your first of all, your blood's moving faster. Your tissues are getting washed out. And it's just a marked difference in an, what you're doing with ex exercise on top of everything else. You're changing the feedback. In other words, instead of your brain keeping muscles tight, your exercise and feeling active actually floods your brain out with impulses that are pleasant. Um, family issues are a big deal. There's a section on this PDF on family issues that we find out that we have a huge need for social connection. The deeper the connection, the better. Unfortunately, families are your biggest sources of reactivity. It's just the way the brain works. It's actually a neurological trick because you program your reactions by your parents and then to your kids. Then your kids and parents or your spouse would say something that to me would mean nothing. All of a sudden you're pissed off. So there's a huge, huge section on the family as far as how to establish your rules, to cut through the chaos. There's, there's your reactive survival patterns. And then the final thing I want to mention today, I'm just sort of reading off the list here a little bit today, is play. So regardless of the circumstances, you have a choice. Do you say stressed out and angry? Or do you make the choice of being curious, gratitude, awareness? It's not a playful play to distract yourself. It's just simply being aware and making a choice. I'm going to enjoy the day. So you can take a walk in the park. So when you're walking around the park, you can either worry about the COVID epidemic or something at work, or you can enjoy a walk at the park. If you can't take the time to enjoy what you're doing when you have the opportunity to enjoy it, when do you regenerate? So again, all these measures I've talked about are about lowering your inflammatory cytokines, increasing your safety cytokines. So when you start with a lower level of cytokines, if you get infected, as you have that cytokine rise to get rid of the virus, you're going to stay below that through the critical threshold. By the way, I did have COVID. I did test COVID positive. That was on March 10th. I had four days of achiness, weakness, very sleepy. Um, 
very small fever, a little bit of a cough. I did test COVID positive the next day. And in about a week, I was fine. Now, I don't know. I do my expressive writing every day. I do my active meditation every day. I still do my stretching and exercise. Sleep is, by the way, I didn't mention sleep. Sleep is a big one. Sleep has dramatic effects on immune function. So I was very, I've always been pretty good about sleep since I started to retire. I wasn't so good before. So who knows? Okay, so I got sick. <clears throat> Four days, not so bad. Moved through it. I am 67 years old, so I'm, quote, at risk. I don't have a lot of other risk factors besides my age. So let's say now I was eat, eating my usual junk food, which I did give that. I don't eat that healthily, but I did, get, did give up eating whole bags of chips and Oreos in one setting about five years ago. So let's say I was eating my horrible surgeon junk diet. And by the way, not all surgeons are like that. But yeah, if I've been eating like that and not exercising, not doing my expressive writing, et cetera, I got the COVID virus. I'm somewhat at risk. Would I have gotten more sick? I don't know. Notice I can't guarantee you that you won't go through this crisis point and become very, very sick with the COVID virus. But it's an odd game. And it just makes sense if you start with lower cytokines to start that you're not going to cross that threshold. So let me review really quickly what we said. We talked about the bottom line cytokines, the low proteins, very small molecules around the body that are the signal between the cells and is modulated by the vagus nerve, big part of it. There are also local modulations also. And when your body's full, when you're responding to threat, these inflammatory cytokines go on fire. So essentially every cell in your body is now on fire, ready to defend itself based on these cytokines. So the essence of healing chronic pain, which I have watched for years way before I knew about cytokines, is feeling safe which optimizes your body's function and allows you to regenerate. When you're under threat, of course, eventually if you're under constant threat, your body's going to wear down, and indeed you do. So again, things you can do to decrease your cytokines is learn how to process anxiety. It is a physiological problem, not psychological. Anger is a big one. Understanding the concepts behind anger and how to solve it. The expressive writing, exercise, anti-inflammatory diet. We spoke talked about intermittent fasting. Um, just calming down, not listening to unpleasant news, et cetera, being nice, play, family issues. So these are all things you can do right now today to actually lower your cytokine level to increase your odds of survival. So again, thriving, thriving allows your body's chemistry to be in such a state that you have much chance of surviving. So thrive and survive. I think one of the biggest points I still like to leave people with is that, okay, David Hansen says, be cool, calm, calm down, relax. Okay. That doesn't work. In other words, I'm not in a positive thinking at all. I'm in a positive outlook. So a positive vision is fantastic. It's really critical to keep moving forward towards your goal. But we suppress the negative things. So repressed emotions are one of the biggest threats. And that's why a lot of people have heard my story, but probably the biggest factor that got me in deep trouble was I was incredible at, at repressing anxiety, repressing anger, repressing emotions in general. Right? My nickname in college was The Brick. So I thought that was great. I don't necessarily look at that as a compliment now, but I was so tough. This way I became this major spine surgeon. 
And I'm not sure any human being should become a spine surgeon, by the way. It's a little bit stressful. But I was so good at suppressing. It's how most of us get there. You're so good at suppressing stress, we don't really connect with it anymore. So it's just a learned skill. Take steps to do it. Just learn how to be with your pain, be with your anxiety. And again, the threat's not the problem, it's the response to it. So what you're doing, instead of being threat, automatic stress response, you create a little bit of a space, and you choose a different response. So you respond to appropriate threats appropriately, but unfortunately with our thoughts, a lot of them are what's called cognitive distortions. So a lot of us get these crazy unpleasant thoughts in our head that actually aren't really connected to reality. That's unnecessary. So that's a threat that all of us have that's not hard to process. Again, that's where the expressive writing comes in, plus the other tools. So yeah, there's just a lot of things you can do to process it is a better word than dealing with it or or bucking up and just dealing with it. And yeah, life is great. So yeah, it's really it's a learned skill. And again, I encourage you to, to download the PDF. It's on my website, backincontrol.com. And it's called Thriving and Surviving COVID-19. And I'm excited about it. I'm actually working extremely hard at a national level to get this out in general population. Because again, look at look at the data. The people that are not surviving COVID have quote risk factors, but most of those people have conditions that are have been well documented have higher elevated cytokines to start with. Now I'm I'm excited about what I'm learning. I <clears throat> I have a bit of a passion about this because the solutions are so simple. It's just something we should be doing just as part of being a human being. We should have been taught this right right there since first grade. Well, I'd like to thank David for a very important discussion of how understanding inflammatory processes in the body's response to them can help us learn to protect ourselves from diseases such as COVID-19. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.